0: Welcome to ModPath Chat, the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Neto, is the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Neto. Welcome to a new episode of ModPath Chat. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Professor Richard Scollier. Professor Scollier is a senior staff specialist at the Tissue Pathology and Diagnostic Oncology Department in Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney, Australia. Just for the record, 12 hour difference right now. So he had to wake up very early, but uh, he's very excited to be here. Uh, I'm hoping so. He also serves as a co medical director of the Melanoma Institute Australia. And that's uh, an amazing role for a pathologist given the clinical implication uh, on his patient. And uh, we're going to have Richard another time to tell us, uh, to have an episode just telling us about his role there. Richard is here today to discuss his team's recent publication in Modern Path on the prognostic role of regression in cutaneous melanoma. Thank you, Richard, for accepting my invitation.
1: Thank you, George. I'm thrilled to be here, and, uh, and first of all, congratulations on all that you're doing with the journal Modern Pathology, the leading journal in, in surgical pathology.
0: Thank you, thank you, you're very generous. So uh, to jump in straight to the topic, uh, in a way of background, uh, uh, can you define for us, uh, or or can you share with us your definition for the sake of this study of regression? Because uh, reading your paper, I, I realize that goes back to Clark's time and, and things are not, not everybody called regression the same way.
1: Yeah, Clark, that, um... Wallace Clark and David Elder did a lot of work in uh, regression many, many moons ago. Um, So regression, basically what it represents is the result of the body's Immunological response directed against the tumour, which results in loss of part or all of the tumour. So in this case, melanoma, um, and it, we can we see that on the skin, um, on lesions clinically, melanomas as they regress, and that's recognised as a pale area usually. Um, and we also recognise it when we look down the down the microscope. Um, we we think of regression as a temporal phenomenon, so it changes over time, and we divide it into three temporal phases. Early phase regression is recognised by the presence of tumour infiltrating lymphocytes that are get into the tumour and attack the tumour cells. So that that's likely the first manifestation of regression. But we usually subclassify that separately in melanoma as a as a TILs infiltrate. If that immunological response is effective, it will result in loss of of the melanoma and the initial part of regression is we we recognize that histologically by early fibrosis so Mm -hmm. immature granulation type tissue with new blood vessels where there's no tumor present within a a focus within the within the tumor. Late regression is is defined as when we have um, more mature fibrosis, so like it looks more like an older scar, and typically the overlying epidermis shows loss thinning of the epidermis with loss of reti ridges, and often you get pigment laden macrophages uh, associated with the uh, with the fibrotic tissue, which is that macrophages gobbling up the the um, melanin pigment that's been released from the tumor cells as they've been killed off by the body's immune response. Now, each of these phases are not independent. You can get all of them within one tumor um, during the, at the same time. So that, that, that's basically what we define regression as. Um, it's been recognized for, for a long time in melanoma because I guess we can see it on the skin surface. And it's, it's been controversial. Its, its role in prognosis in melanoma since it was originally defined histologically. Um, I, I think the balance of evidence has suggested it's a good prognostic factor. Some studies have said it's had no prognostic impact and other studies have said it uh, um, a, 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 indicates a worse prognosis. So, so that's hence, basically why we did the study exactly
0: because that that was going to lead to my next question is what uh what led you or motivated you to do the study uh and uh and uh, so the debate uh, you wanted uh to put an end to that debate with really a huge cohort a single institution i believe is is almost 8700 consecutive cases amazing uh, eighty six ninety three. So in in one institute, so excellent cohort in terms of how it's been treated and managed. And uh, so tell us how, uh, what did you look at and, and what were your salient findings?
1: Yeah, George. Before we get into the study, there's one other bit of evidence that I'd really be keen to share with you and the listeners. It's um, related to the that you know we've known in melanoma that that the immune system can get activated against melanoma for, for many years, and um, and and I think m- most people have accepted that a that a TILs infiltrate was associated with a favourable prognosis, but not not so much regression. And, and just to highlight that the it really importance of uh, the immune system in melanoma particularly TILS infiltrate um, it, it, if we look at if we look at the evidence from the TCGA the cancer genome atlas project in melanoma so this was a a, a project that funded by the the US government through the NIH um, as part of the stimulus program for the GST i think 25 million dollars was poured into into melanoma and i was fortunate to be to lead a group of pathologists that were involved in that anyway $25 million worth of complex genomic analyses were done on the melanomas the single the single Strongest predictor of outcome in this study um, was not the the twenty five million dollars of multi omics study of studies. It was pathologist's assessment of TILs infiltrates, um, which is pretty incredible. But it shows that the importance of of uh, observations of pathologists and and their impact into into disease outcomes.
0: That is,
1: so I just wanted to share that as a bit wonderful of wonderful
0: piece uh, of information. Wow so uh, so and and I notice and you know and you may want you're gonna elaborate on that 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 you were looking at till uh, and then the, what you call the intermediate and late phase regression so till and regression, whether they synergize or is each one by itself uh, a prognostic so uh, which to me, the way you framed it is 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 a progression from one to another is interesting how uh, the different phases uh, may have a different implication especially at the higher stage disease so so let's let's talk about the, the findings uh, what were your your there were some expected and some unexpected as i gather
1: yeah, so th- this was a study that was led by by one of our fellows, Katrina uh, Ravasian, um, and as you say, we looked at um, almost nine thousand consecutive patients, and um, and I guess. Um, as you might expect, well, that that the presence of regression, so intermediate and late regression, was associated with um, some features in the primary tumor, so lower Breslow thickness, lower mitotic grade and absence of ulceration. So you know they're more favourable prognostic f- features on their own. Um, but when we looked uh, for features that were associated with outcome, the presence of regression was uh, uh, predicted um, survival. So uh, regression, uh, sorry, progression-free survival and and also um, melanoma-specific and overall survival. And it was, uh, and it independently predicted outcome independent of all those other features that I've mentioned. So in our cohort, we know in melanoma, that in general terms, the strongest predictor of outcome is the Breslow thickness, our so measurement from the top of the granular layer to the deepest, invasive cell in general terms that's the strongest predictor of outcome the second strongest is the uh, the presence or absence of ulceration and the and the third or equal second strongest predictor is the mitotic rate the number of mitoses per millimeter squared so as far as pathological parameters in primary melanoma they're the strongest predictors but there's many others in this, in this particular study, regression on its own was independently predictive of outcome, as were tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes, so a sort of early regression, if you like. Mm-hmm. And when we combined both TILs and um, and intermediate and late regression. So uh, those two uh, patients who had those two features together, they had the that had the strongest predictor of outcome, independent of all other features. So wow. it was a stronger predictor, even greater than Breslow thickness, ulceration, and mitotic rate. So hmm. highlighting the importance of the immune system in modifying disease outcomes in melanoma. I hope I've explained that clearly and it makes sense. But oh. bottom line is TILs and uh, regression are strong independent predictors of more favourable outcome in melanoma. If you've got TILs, if you've got regression, you do better. So they had a lower incidence of positive sentinel node involvement, a lower uh, frequency of uh, recurrence of their melanoma and favourable long-term outcomes if you have TILs and regression
0: what you're you're saying regression i think in term of predicting sentinel lymph node or so uh uh, positivity yeah
1: exactly yeah, and, and you mentioned sentinel node status, so you correct, you very correctly point out the sentinel node status is a key staging parameter in, uh, in melanoma. And um, in fact, it, in the current day and age, it's been demonstrated that patients who have um, stage 3 disease, including patients who have a positive sentinel node, if they're, if they're given adjuvant drug therapy, including immunotherapy with anti-PD-1 uh, inhibitors, um, that reduces the chances of their disease coming back by 50%. So sentinel node status is really critical in melanoma, Excellent. not just for prognosis, but actually is action now as um, uh, considering uh, adjuvant drug therapy for melanoma patients.
0: So, so everything you mentioned Makes sense and is intuitive, right? Uh, if if you're mounting an immune response, you expect those patients to do better, and and hence the premise of uh, of the immune check inhibitors. But uh, you you had a surprising finding, right? Where,
1: so can you share with our audience? Mm. So so the surprising finding was that um, in patients who had positive sentinel nodes. Or indeed, if they had stage 3 melanoma, if the patient also had regression, you did worse than the patients who had stage 3 melanoma, so melanoma that spread to their lymph nodes, who didn't have regression. They did better. So, as you point out, George, that doesn't – it's not intuitive. You wouldn't expect to – if regression is a favorable prognostic factor, why isn't it a favorable prognostic factor in stage 3 disease? So – it's, I don't know the, the answer to that question. We've got more work to do to, to understand it. But I think there's an. we can hypothesize what the reason might be. And I think the most likely reason is that once a tumor, if in the primary tumor setting, if you've got regression, it indicates usually that the body's immune system is effective in, in uh in controlling the melanoma. But if it's been able to break through the immune system and metastasize, only relatively few melanomas do that. And those that do it, it's picking out the ones who've got worse biology to begin with. So you've already weeded out the good good melanomas who haven't metastasized. And if it's been able to break through the immune system and develop uh, metastatic disease in the regional node field, then um, you're a bad, you're a bad melanoma, if you like. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the most likely reason, but we, we don't know definitively. Yes, you,
0: we'll we'll have to prove it and see. But, um, you mentioned in in your discussion section, uh, in the manuscript, that that it's probably based on the heterogeneity. Like you said, some clones are are being eradicated, and the part that is regressed. Is working, but there are some other clones that have already escaped to to metastasize, and hence seeing both is an indication that you have those kind of clones that are aggressive. And uh, and, and interestingly, I I thought that till in that regard, maintain its its prognostic significance, which which may have something to do with tolerance versus uh, radical. Can you comment on yes. that? Yes.
1: Well. Well, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And I can put in another plug for a publication that we had in modern pathology, I think, at about 2017, in which we showed that TILS infiltrates in patients who have positive sentinel nodes is a strong predictor of favorable outcome. Um, And this supported
0: it. You found that again here, even in three. Very interesting. So uh, it's not as simple as it sounds, but at least – if you don't have lymph node nets, having TIL and or regression is a great news and predicts a lower uh, sentinel lymph node uh, rate of positivity.
1: I, I just wanted to, to point out that, you know, this idea that that um, melanoma clinicians and pathologists have recognized the importance of the immune system in melanoma for, for a long time. And, 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 um, Researchers have worked for decades to try and work out how they can harness the body's immune system to improve outcomes, basically to d- develop uh, systemic drug therapies that are effective and and. Drugs have been tried for for decades and hadn't been effective until really that the 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 work that led on to Jim Allison and his and um, I forget that the his um, co colleague's name well not his colleague but the other gentleman from Japan who won the Nobel Prize for their their work in understanding how the immune systems control to um, to uh, but basically develop drug therapies that can be used to improve outcomes in, in melanoma patients. And melanoma led the field of immunotherapy, but now it's really, it's really taken off at, on many different cancer types that it's been defined. At, at my colleague Georgina Long calls it the penicillin moment for cancer therapy. It's been a game changer for, for us in melanoma, but I think in many other cancers, renal cancer, lung cancer, head and neck cancers, and many others. So very exciting indeed but based the on w- the critical... penicillin
0: moment for cancer i, I love that yeah,
1: and, and and based on the the critical work of, of pathologists over the over the last 50 years
0: well uh, that's what's so exciting about our field it's been uh, it's been tremendous uh, learning opportunity and great discussion with you and uh, thank you for being uh uh, so generous with your time, getting up at five o'clock in Australia to, uh, to share with us. And uh, I appreciate your support to the journal and, uh, and uh, all that you do for us. And I wish you the best.
1: Thank you very much, George. It's fantastic to join with you. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you. Any
0: opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of modern pathology, springer nature, UAB or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Katherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions. Music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this
1: podcast possible.